Hello and welcome to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Thank you so much for taking time out of your afternoon to sit with us here and give attention to, and perhaps we'll even spark some conversation or some provoking thoughts about financial and economic matters. Now, you know, as a previous listener to Dollars and Cents, we're talking on any number of subjects here, and often we're taking a look at things on a macro, big level, global kinds of things that are happening around us to make sure that we understand, A, what's happening, and then B, how it might be relevant to us. But we also seek to take a look at things on a micro level, individual level, those kinds of things which may be part of your experience or perhaps there are experiences of your family members, of your colleagues, hopefully those kinds of things which may be pertinent to you, if not today, perhaps in the future, and around which you can make good and informed decisions. But you also know as a previous listener to Dollars and Cents that nothing that we're talking about here is intended as a specific recommendation for you, meaning that even though we're going to be talking on specific strategies and sometimes we're talking about specific companies, probably going to do that today in looking at some things that have reported, we're right in the thick of earnings season, so we're going to be talking about some of the companies and their quarterly earnings reports and and what that has indicated to us as far as where the economy is concerned, that again, nothing that we're talking about here is intended as a specific recommendation for you. We strongly, strongly recommend that you reach out to your tax advisor, to your financial advisor, or if you'd like to reach out to us at North Main Financial Group, love to hear from you, love to chat about your particular financial situation and to see if there are ways in which we might be able to be helpful to you. Online, you can find us at northmainfinancial.com. That's north like the direction, main like the street, financial. NorthMainFinancial.com. We have a contact page on there. Leave us your phone number and email address. Let us know the most preferred and desirable ways for us to contact you. Again, at NorthMainFinancial.com. You're also welcome to call our office at any time, 704-987-1425. Again, 704-987-1425. And one more time, 704-987-1425. All right, again, thank you so much for hanging with us here on this week's version of Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm Joshua Doby, your host for the hour. I'm a CFP or Certified Financial Planner Professional. Been in this business, uh, let me count here. I don't have enough fingers on my hands. 28 years. This is my 28th year. Amazing. Since I'm 31 years old. I hope you're listening. That's not true uh, at all, but it's been 28 years of, uh, of being in this business of investment management, financial planning. And looking at the things around us, uh, there is some value to experience. I, I don't mind admitting to you that uh, that the value uh, of experience, I really do appreciate more now than obviously I did earlier in my career. And I thought, well, you just got to be smarter. We got to work harder, which is true. And that's important uh, to do that. But there is a true value of experience. And I'll, and I'll extrapolate that on, on that a little bit more as we get on to this week's version of Dollars and Cents and talk about some of the things that we're seeing economically right now. That's a little bit of a teaser. I want you to hang with me. We're going to be in the second half of this week's Dollars and Cents show talking about some of the things to keep in mind. We're over the halfway point in the calendar year, those kinds of things that we're viewing into the third and the fourth quarter. But as we've done uh, with a change in new format, by the way, if you were a morning listener, now that we're in the afternoon slot here, thank you so much for uh, switching over with us. It's uh, really fun to be here at uh, the four o'clock hour here on News Talk WSIC. We're really enjoying it. And it really is fun to be able to perhaps be a part of if you're in a standard kind of workday to be a part of towards the end of your workday. If you're doing shift work and you're at the beginning or the or the middle of your shift, well, uh, that, that obviously doesn't apply on your end of things, but we're glad that you're tuning us in. We're glad that we can be a part of your day here. So thank you so much for listening. 
All right, this first segment, we call it what's hot. Now, when I say what's hot, I'm not saying what's hot in terms of I'm going to provide you the hot stock tips. Uh, you, you know me by now. If you're a previous listener to Dollars and Cents, you, you know I'm not your guy. There are folks who are very skilled at that, very adept. I'm not one of them. When we're talking about what's hot, we're really talking about the kinds of things that are happening around us that probably are going to be top if you, if you watch things in the markets or you watch things business-wise, you watch things economically that are probably going to be near the top of the, of the, of the line in terms of headline sorts of making things. And, and that's really what I'm going to talk about here. So let's start first this week, uh, very pertinent, timely in terms of uh, our attention to it. Federal Reserve Board. Now, you hear me talk a lot about the Federal Reserve. I've probably talked more about the Federal Reserve here in the last couple of years than probably the several years before that uh, uh, in terms of uh, show content that I talked about them at all. But very, very pertinent. Very, very pertinent in terms of what they're doing and how much it influences our day-to-day -day, uh, financial lives. But this past week, as was very largely expected, at least in my corner of the world, Federal Reserve Board raised, again, the overnight lending rate by a quarter of a percent. Now, in doing that, we're going to talk a little bit more about the ramifications uh, later on in today's Dollars and Cents show. But in doing that, again, largely expected, they also indicated that they may or may not be done. That's a little bit of strategy on their part so that the market doesn't get too carried away with either that they're slowing down or stopping, uh, that meaning that they're going to continue to evaluate. But I would anticipate, again, we'll talk about this a little bit later on the show, uh, relative to what it may mean for you. I would anticipate that we're definitely closer to the end than to the beginning, which, again, when you look at the, the movement in interest rates here over the last 15, 16 months or so, thank goodness we are. Uh, because now with where we are in terms of the overnight lending rate between five and a quarter and five and a half percent, we are at a 22 year high, 22 years since we have been at this level. We're talking about the early 2000s uh, when we were last at this level in terms of interest rates. So pretty momentous, I, I think, and not, not that we need to celebrate it in any way, but certainly momentous from the fact that we just haven't been here now for more than a couple of decades. So that's the first item on, on what's hot. I want to make sure that you're aware of that. If you saw that, uh, definitely to, uh, to emphasize that, we're going to be talking again a little bit more later on in the show about why that may be important to you and what are the kinds of things that you may want to keep in mind relative to interest rates and how it may apply to your overall plan and your overall investment strategy. Second big item, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Now, if you follow stocks at all, you probably know what the Dow Jones Industrial Average is. As a matter of fact, when most folks, at least in my experience, are talking about how the market is doing, they usually are quoting either overtly uh, or covertly, they are quoting or they are referencing the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Now, I don't get too caught up in day-to-day -day activity of our market indexes. You know that, you know, if you're a previous listener or a long-time listener uh, to us here on News Talk WSIC, you know that I don't, I don't get too caught up in, in the near, near term when it comes to market movements. However, uh, we have had 13, actually as of today, we broke it as of today, just before we came on the air, but we had 13 consecutive days of, of Dow appreciation, meaning of positive movements in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. We got to go back even longer than 22 years. We're talking about 40 years since we've seen something like that, almost 40 years since we've seen something like that, where we had 13 consecutive days of positive movement in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Now, a lot of caveats there. That doesn't mean that the market is going straight up. 
It's also true, especially if you're a close market observer, that the Dow Jones Industrial Average, in terms of the companies which comprise it, has changed multiple times in the last 40 years, meaning the 30 companies who are included in the computation of that average have changed multiple times in 40 years. So it's not really an apples to apples comparison. The reason why I bring it into the what's hot segment of things, I just want you to be aware of it. It's the kind of thing that is important for you to know and to be aware of it. Third big item, and we'll talk about this a little bit more as well. This is more of a fun kind of thing. Twitter, if you know what Twitter is, the online forum where folks share all kinds of things, good and bad, officially changed this name because of the uh, the current owner to X. Now, what does that mean? I have no idea, but it's newsworthy. I think we should know that in terms of the 450 million odd users who use uh, Twitter on, on a regular basis has changed this name to X. Does that mean it's going to change the platform? Does that mean it's going to be different in terms of, of the experience on it? I have no idea, but it's definitely newsworthy. And certainly insofar as our social media experience is concerned, it's going to be the kind of thing that probably is going to continue to be on the headlines. And we want to make sure you're aware of that as well. Well, friends, uh, that is the first segment here in terms of uh, today's Dollars and Cents show. We're going to be coming back in the second segment with some things market-wise that you're going to want to keep in mind. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome back to Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second segment here. Just as we are going to break to hear from our sponsors, uh, we were talking about uh, just some of the things that are what's hot. And, and we were talking about some of the things that may, you may have seen on the headlines. I get it. The last one it may, may not be moving in terms of your financial life, but still noteworthy. Uh, the, name, uh, the name change of Twitter uh, to X. Elon Musk, as you probably are aware, uh, had, had bought uh, Twitter, yeah, literally bought it himself and, uh, and has been making various changes to the platform. But it's hard to think of something more noteworthy than changing the name that itself. As a matter of fact, at least what has been speculated is the little blue bird that, that is part of the logo is going to go away as well. So stay tuned. I don't know what that's going to mean as far as the experience is concerned. But like I said, with, uh, with just under a half a billion users, who use Twitter with some regularity, either as a news source or their posting or to advertise or all of those kinds of things, it's still going to have some level of impact in terms of the social media experience. So stay tuned on uh, on that kind of thing. But thank you so much again for, for hanging with us in, into the second segment here uh, here on Dollars and Cents with North by, presented by North Main Financial. As I've mentioned previously, my name is Joshua Doby. I'm your host of Dollars and Cents. I'm also a CFP practitioner, certified financial planner. And I appreciate so much you listening to us here on News Talk WSIC. As a, right before we went to break there, we're talking about some of the things that, uh, that obviously are at the top of the headlines, but also we want to talk about what's happening in the markets. I know that for a lot of you, especially from feedback that we've received at North Main Financial Group, that's one of the things, one of the reasons why you listen to us and, and one of the reasons why you give attention to the kinds of things that we're talking about is because of how we're looking at the markets, our observations and what's happening in the markets. Remember, we're not giving recommendations here to buy, sell, hold, or anything in between in terms of what we're talking about, but really just reflections and the kinds of things that you may want to keep in mind as you're wrestling with questions about your own financial space, your own portfolio, your own uh, investment management, whether you're working with an advisor or you're doing it on your own there. So let's talk about market-wise where we are right now. It continues to be this segment of two markets, and, and it's I'm probably oversimplifying that. Yeah, that that's a fair criticism in terms of saying, well, it's it's, a, it's just a two segment market because it never is. It's never that easy. It's very complex with a 
dozens of variables in the market algorithm of why things move in the ways that they do. But I think it's fair to say that if we're looking at generalizations, that there really are two markets right now since January 1st. So I'm just looking at now what is coming into uh, seven and a half months, gosh, seven and a half months gone here in, uh, in, in, the, in the first half of 2023. Looking at how the markets have performed, looking at the kinds of things that have done well, and then the other things which have been more modest or even negative in terms of their performance. On the on the doing well end of things, it would be hard to disagree with the fact that it's been dominated by our large cap or our large size technology companies. They really have continued to dominate. When you look at the companies that have performed the best, you're going to see some of the most familiar names in the large technology space. You're going to see Amazon. You're going to see Apple. You're going to see the old Facebook now called Meta. You're going to see NVIDIA. You're going to see... Uh, Again, those large, large technology names, which have had just banner years in terms of performance. Again, now again, none of those are recommendations, either buy, sell, or hold any of those items, but just a reflection on what has happened. Because once you peel away the layers of the proverbial onion a little bit, you'll see that most of the rest of the market has not performed that way. I'm just going to look at it generally by sectors right now. If you look at healthcare, if you look at... Um, utilities, if, if you look at financials, certainly with the, the challenges that we had in our regional banking system earlier this year, some of those regional bank uh, company stocks are down 20, 30, 40% even more uh, here uh, from earlier this year when we had significant pullback in that end of the market. So it's, it's a very dichotomous market, if you will. And, and there's not real good breadth at this point, although that's changed here a little bit over the last couple of weeks. And it, it really is a fairly new phenomenon. I can't call it a trend. We don't have enough days of data to be able to t say that it's a change in trend, but it has started to broaden. I'll tell you from an historical standpoint, I shared with you in the first segment that I've been doing this 28 years, there's a benefit of having gray hair, at least the hair I have left, the, of having gray hair and seeing multiple market cycles. Generally speaking, what we what I call, what we call, narrow markets, meaning uh, those kinds of indexes which are being guided by a relatively few number of stocks, pushing either positively or negatively. Narrow markets tend not to be particularly healthy over the long term. And just to look at it from the other side of the coin to say in the inverse, it usually is an, in, uh, an indication, not the only one, again, I talk about dozens of variables here in the stock market algorithm, that usually tends to be a healthier marker to see larger breadth, meaning a larger number of companies, a larger number of stocks, which are moving either in a positive or negative direction. Frankly, it's not just positive, but moving in a positive or negative direction over the long term in terms of looking at what we call a healthy style market or a healthy market movement. When it gets real narrow, and friends, I'll say that, uh, that that's what it is right now on a relative basis. When it gets real narrow, that tends to be a point of at least recognition, if not concern. Now, I don't mean that the stock market's going to pull back tomorrow, that we're, we're due for a crash. I'm not saying anything like that. There's no way any of us can legitimately know that. But when we're looking at it, we're looking at it historically, especially when we've had the kinds of moves that we've had here over the last several months, really since the beginning of the year, it is a very narrow market. I'm going to use the S&P 500 because it's an easy target. I talked about the Dow there in terms of being 13 days in the positive, which ended today, by the way. I don't know if you had to take a look at the uh, close at uh, 4 o'clock Eastern. We broke the streak, so no more streak there when it comes to the Dow. But taking a look at the S&P 500, again, very widely used 
as one of the most common indexes for following U.S. Uh, domestic stocks here. Uh, when we look at the S&P 500 index, it is what we call a market cap weighted or market capitalization weighted. Without getting too academic on you to, to bore you too much, really what that means is the largest companies in terms of market capitalization, which are publicly traded, they're going to have a larger influence over the movement of the S&P 500 than companies which are smaller. And so to put it very succinctly, and you use maybe even some uh, real-world example here, a company like Apple, which is bumping against a $3 trillion uh, valuation, is going to have much more sway over the S&P 500 than, say, a $300 million company, even though, again, uh, they're, they're looking at sometimes how they are equal in that S&P 500, but it simply isn't true, meaning it doesn't have the same kind of influence. So a 5% movement in that $300 million company is nowhere near as impactful as a 5% movement in a $3 trillion or nearly $3 trillion company like Apple. Very, very important to know because often, whether it's the Dow or the S&P or, or the NASDAQ, uh, Morgan Stanley EFA index, those kinds of things, very often those indexes are used as benchmarks and they're used as benchmarks against diversified portfolios. And very often the conversation that I'm having with folks is, you know, you're not really doing an apples for apples kind of comparison. Let's just use the S&P again, come back to it. Right now, it's about 11 stocks. About 11 stocks right now are guiding the positive, the significantly positive performance of the S&P 500, which means there are 489 uh, companies in there, which are modest in terms of their movement, certainly in terms of their capitalization, but much more modest in terms of their movement, which are being completely overshadowed. That's what I'm talking about with the narrow market. When we're talking about 11 out of 500 companies, which are really uh, completely responsible, I can't even say uh, partially, completely responsible for the positive movement inside the S&P 500 index for the year-to-date positive performance, then that's a narrow market. That is a relatively tight number uh, in terms of that influence. And that's where, from an historical standpoint, it's just a point of consideration, right? Caution, sure. Does that mean that the market's going to go down? No, not what I'm saying. It might, but I'm not saying that that's uh, completely indicative of it because it's very, very rarely one variable. Very rarely. It's very, usually it has to be some kind of significant geopolitical event for it to be a singular variable which moves the, the market in a positive or a negative direction over a sustained period of time. So I, I, I hesitate even to, to make it that specific, but I think that's important to realize simply because we see constantly where folks are comparing their portfolio or they're comparing investments against the Dow, against the S&P 500. By the way, let's switch to the Dow. Just that, that's another one that's often used. Uh, the Dow, different than the S&P 500 index, the Dow is a price-weighted index. You put it differently. When you have an expensive stock in terms of the number of dollars per share, you are going to have greater influence over the Dow than you are over prices per share, which are much smaller. Again, something very important to keep in mind. You see some of these share prices, which are up over 100 or 200 or $300 a share, those are going to have much more influence over the movement of the Dow than ones which maybe are 15 or 20 or $30 a share. And the reason for that, again, is because it's price-weighted, meaning it's, it's skewed to, in terms of the calculation, those companies which are greater per share in terms of the number of dollars. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bigger company. It just may mean that it's more expensive per share to buy it. And that's very, very important to keep in mind. Also remember, in addition, the Dow is only 30 stocks. 
So even, you know, when you look at the S&P 500, say, well, we've got 500 stocks. Yes, you do, but only the biggest companies are having the greatest influence right now. And then you look at the Dow and you say, well, that's, you know, that's a benchmark for the, uh, for the whole market. Mm, sort of, not really, because it's only 30 stocks. Now, they're, they're intended to be, and I, and I'm, I don't want to you know, just bash the indexes, because the indexes can be helpful as a variable to consider. But it's important to recognize how they are computed, how they are put together, so that you don't compare apples to Volkswagens, if you will. It's important to compare apples to apples when we're looking at the market and we're understanding the movement, especially when we've had a pretty significant positive performance in the S&P 500 and especially the NASDAQ this year. Now, the NASDAQ, I'm not going to get into how it's computed. It's a little bit different because there are several different NASDAQ indexes. But, uh, but generally speaking, they happen to be technology companies. Not completely, but mostly technology companies. And when we, as you heard me mention just a few moments ago, technology companies have really led the charge. So you're going to see a very uh, a superlative performance from the NASDAQ year to date, but it's really just following a, a bunch of technology companies with some notable exceptions, but primarily technology companies. So very, very important to keep that in mind. Very important to keep that in mind when you're watching the market, when you're comparing it again against your portfolio and making sure that you're doing apples to apples and not apples to Volkswagens. Hang with us. We'll be back soon. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second half of this week's version of Dollars and Cents. Uh, my name is Joshua Doby. I'm a CFP or Certified Financial Planner Professional. Appreciate so much you hanging with us here, especially at our new time, right? We were, we were morning for so many years. Uh, there at the late morning coming into the lunch hour and uh, now we're at the four o'clock hour. Really excited to be here and thank you so much for, for hanging with us. As we were going to break there, I was talking a little bit about you know observing the markets. We spend a lot of time on that. I think that's important uh, in in terms of uh, looking at what's happening around us. So as we get into the second half here, we're going to be talking about kinds of things you may want to keep in mind for for your portfolio. That's a little bit of a teaser. I want to make sure that you hang with us. But uh, but we were talking there about some of the most popular indices, uh, stock indices that are out there: Dow Jones Industrial Average, S and P five hundred. They're quoted constantly. You turn on any business news program, you pick up the Wall Street Journal or whatever. You may not even, does anybody read, I, I read the real newspaper. I, I really enjoy still getting the newsprint on my fingers. Uh, and if you're here watching us on the live stream, you see me with my copy of the Wall Street Journal. I get it every day. I do like to be able to thumb through it. But in this day and age, it's on your phone, it's on your iPad, it's on your laptop. So it is, it is different. But if you're looking at it and you're looking for the stock indexes and you're looking at their performance and you're looking at, you know, year to date, those kinds of things, it's important because they, they surround us, especially if you're a market market watcher, but even casually so, just understanding what's happening in the market around us, uh, those are the ones that are, that are quoted most often. So when folks are saying, well, this is how the market is doing, most often they're referring to the Dow, uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average, or they're referring to the S&P 500, sometimes referring to the NASDAQ composite in terms of identifying how the market is doing, and then most specifically then, how they may be doing relative to the market. But I raised a couple of, I don't, not concerns, just awareness points when it comes to understanding how the uh, S&P 500 is put together, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is put together, just so you're doing apples-to-apples apples style comparison instead of, like I mentioned in the previous segment, of an apples-to-Volkswagen comparison. Because you may be doing that. You may be doing it very innocently. But you may say, well, I'm not doing as well or I'm doing better than, well, 
Uh, maybe, but that may not be an appropriate comparison relative to how your portfolio is put together. So very, very important point to keep in mind as we're looking at that. All right, so looking uh, around the, the, the balance of the market then, as I mentioned to you in terms of uh, uh, what's hot uh, in the first segment of, of this week's Dollars and Cents show, talking about the Federal Reserve raising rates again. So when we're looking at the bond markets and the CD markets, it's possible we're going to continue to see a little bit of a flutter up or, or movement higher in terms of interest rates. I think a lot of that is already baked in, uh, and, and I say that obviously in the, in the metaphorical sense, but the market has was almost completely, I think it was 94% anticipation by the market that the Federal Reserve was going to raise rates this week. So that's a pretty one-sided bet that the market was making that the Federal Reserve was going to raise rates. So there wasn't a whole lot on the other side, uh, pricing-wise, I mean, pricing pushback-wise. So the, I, I would offer up that that was largely baked in to the, uh, to the interest rate movements. Now, the, the question then becomes, when we're looking at the markets and we're looking at, at what lies ahead, and that's really going to be the theme in this segment of, uh, of today's Dollars and Cents show, we're going to be looking at what do we anticipate for the rest of the year? I know, nobody has that answer. I'm certainly not going to pretend that I have the answers here as, as we're looking at it, but it's important for us to be as anticipatory as possible. Not that we can predict, but primarily so that we can be positioned well, whether it's opportunity to be able to take a look at some opportunities out there that may be ahead of us, whether it's just to be aware of what market history is. I mean, you heard me talk about in the last segment about the movement in the markets and specifically stock indexes, and that may be true for your 401k. So if you had a chance to take a look at your second uh, quarter 401k statement or your portfolio statement or other investment statement, it may have been a banner second quarter. It may be a banner year to date. That, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, I'm quite happy for you. But I also want you to be aware of what on average is an average level return inside of the stock market. Generally speaking, you look over the last 90 years or so, a, a stock portfolio that, that is widely diversified you're going to be in the 8 to 11% on average. So I'm saying that to say if you're up 15 or 17 or 20% or more uh, year to date, there is, I know it's sometimes hard to hear it, I'm certainly not trying to dampen the party, but there is a reversion to the mean. You heard us talk a lot uh, here on Dollars and Cents back in 2021 about reversion to the mean because we had a very similar style market in 2021 in a lot of ways, not in terms of the, the macro economy. We're still rolling out of uh, the COVID pandemic at that point from a macro standpoint, but in terms of the market performance, 2021, very narrow market. Meaning when you look at the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones Industrial Average, if you were a large technology company, chances are, not all of them, but chances were you were having a banner year and you had a great 2021. But it was a very narrow market, and, and most of the market did not enjoy that same kind of success. A little bit similar to what we're doing right now. And that's not to say that we're going to have a year like 2022, where if you look at stock uh, index performance, looking at the Dow, looking at the NASDAQ, looking at the S&P 500, then necessarily we're due for a large pullback. We may or may not, but I'm offering that up to you so that you're aware of it. So that if it is something that you want to be mindful of in your portfolio, if there are tweaks that need to be made, if there are ways in which you need to rebalance, whether it's inside of your 401k or investment port, other investment portfolio, that you're aware of it. That's really what's most important here. And I want to make sure that that's on your radar screen because it can get easy. I'll admit it. It's human tendency. And we do. We think in straight lines constantly when it comes to the markets. And it's when you say, well, what does that mean we think in straight lines about the market? Well, it means that we, as the investing public, when things are appreciating, or I'll just say the going up uh, in that way, we tend to think, either overtly or covertly, that they're just going to continue to go up. 
By the way, we do the exact same thing in the inverse. And you don't have to believe me on this. Just look at market history and money flows in terms of when the most money comes into and when it leaves the market. It tends to do so as we get into the extremes when exactly the inverse would make the most sense. It's an amazing phenomenon. It happens time and time again. I told you in, in one of the earlier segments, I'm 28 years in this business, and there are very few things on which you can depend with consistency in this business, and that's one of them. It's amazing. That's why we raise it here on Dollars and Cents, presented by North Main Financial. We want you to be aware that, uh, that this is the tendency. Now, then folks say, okay, well, when's that going to happen? Um, I'm not your guy. I'm not the one who's going to be able to say, well, you know what? Two Tuesdays from now, it's, it's going, no. no. There's no way to know. But when you look at market averages over time, there's a reason why, especially over an extended period of time. I'm not talking about months. I'm not even talking about a couple of years. I'm not even talking about a decade. I'm talking about multiple decades of data to which we can refer. And, and when we're looking at then what is an expected average over time, looking at multiple decades. So I can say comfortably, if we're talking about the Dow, we're talking about the S&P 500 index, even though they've changed dramatically through the years, you're going to on average be 8 to 11% per year. But that means you're going to have some superlative years and you are going to have some miserable years along the way. So don't think that it's just going to be you know, somewhere between 5 and 15 in terms of its variability. No, you're going to have some wonderfully positive years and you're going to have some horribly negative years along the way. But on average, that's what we can expect. So when we go through a space like we're going through right now in this very short window, relatively speaking, seven and a half months here in 2023, when we're going through this kind of space and we're way above average, at least insofar far as the market indexes are concerned, it's an item to keep on your radar screen. It, 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 and that's really why I'm raising it here. I want you to be aware of it. I want you to be aware, as we talked about in the last segment, I want you to be aware of how the indexes are put together so that you can understand what moves them. So when Apple comes out with a, uh, with a, with a great earnings report, it's really going to move the S&P 500 index because of how big of a company it is. And the same thing is true with the Dow Jones Industrial Average with expensive stocks, meaning those companies which trade at, at high share prices are going to move the Dow again in, in, more, in more significant ways. So uh, again, when you're looking at your portfolio, make sure you're making the right comparison because you may be doing well or not so well, and it may be different than what the market actually is doing, and that's okay. That's why it's important to do apples to apples whenever you're putting those kinds of things together. In the next segment, we're going to be talking, there's a little bit of a teaser, I'll admit it to you. In the next segment, final segment of today's show, we're going to be talking about some of the things that we really want you to keep in mind as we get into this, uh, the second half of this calendar year. And we're already into it. Gosh, we're already halfway through the third quarter, if you can believe that. But, uh, but some things to keep in mind specifically so that if you need to do some planning, if you need to do some uh, preparation in advance of that time before we actually get to the end of the year, you want to make sure that you're ready and able to do that as well. You're not rushing around there at Christmas near New Year's in order to be able to make it happen. Well, friends, we're going to be back here in just a few moments. Stay with us here on News Talk WSIC. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the fourth segment here. And, and I do have to thank you. I really do appreciate when you take time out of your day and, and to listen to us here on News Talk WSIC. You know, we're talking about things financial and economic and I get I get excited about it. And, and I know that's a little weird. I, I really do get excited about it. Uh, it, it is just in, in my blood as, as far as 
uh, monitoring, managing through uh, through our economic and, and different financial situations uh, on behalf of our clients. And But I know that may not necessarily be your cup of tea. So we really try to break it down here on dollars and cents presented by North Main Financial. We really try to break it down here to hopefully something that's relevant for you. And so that's why we want to encourage you, if you want to reach out to us at North Main Financial Group and let us know the kinds of things that you'd love to hear love to hear from you, love to chat with you to see if we could be helpful, not only in your financial situation, but if you just want to leave us feedback. I mean, we're very happy to hear that, very happy to hear about the kinds of things that, that you want to know. And, uh, and, you know, in future shows, now I'm going to tease this up a little bit because I want you to come back, all right? Thursdays at 4 o'clock here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I want you to come back and, and listen. We're going to be doing some call-in kind of stuff as well. Not today. Don't get excited. I'm not even going to give you the phone number uh, at this point. But, uh, uh, but I do want you to turn in for future shows, though. And I want you to be able to share with us in real time uh, the kinds of things that are hot on your mind and the kinds of things that you would like for us to address because we truly do want to be relevant and helpful to you. So, but if you want to reach out to us at North Main Financial Group, I, my folks always tell me I got to remind you how to actually contact us if you'd like to. Uh, reach out to us at North Main Financial Group. Love to chat with you. Love to, uh, again, go through a, a first meeting time together. Never an obligation, never a commitment in that first meeting. We call it a get to know you kind of time. You get to know us. We get to know you. Love to chat with you and to see if there are ways in which we at North Main Financial Group may be able to be helpful to you. Online, you can find us at North Main Financial. Com. That's north like the direction, main like the street, financial.com, northmainfinancial.com. We have a contact page on there. You leave us an email address, uh, phone number. Let us know the most preferred and desirable ways for us to contact you. Again, at northmainfinancial.com. You're also welcome to call us at any time, 704-987-1425. Again, 704-987-1425. And one more time, 704 987 one, four, two, five. All right, again, thank you so much for hanging with us into this, the final segment of this week's show here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. And at, right before we went to break there, I was teasing you up a little bit. I'm glad you've hung around because here in the fourth segment uh, of today's show, we want to be talking about the kinds of things that you may want to keep in mind as we're in the second half of the year. Uh, even as I was saying that during the last segment, I think, golly, we're already halfway through the third quarter. So uh, we're well beyond the halfway point. I, I kept saying the second half, but then I'm thinking we're already well into the second half. But uh, but still some time before the year end. The kinds of things that you may want to keep in mind. I alluded to it there in the last segment, but I want to hammer this point home. I want to make sure that you're aware of it because I'll tell you folks, at least in my experience with clients and in just chatting with others who are not clients, they usually are paying attention to what I'm going to say next, usually when it's too late. And that's when I want to bring this up for your attention. And it has to do with rebalancing your portfolio. Now, rebalancing is not for everybody. So this is not a recommendation. This is not something that applies to everybody, but it may be something that you want to keep in mind. So what is rebalancing? Basically it is, and, I, and I'm going to say this in very quick uh, terms, and then I'll go into a little bit more detail. Rebalancing is selling a little bit of your winners and buying more of your losers. Literally. That's really what it is. If we're looking at rebalancing the most common style of portfolios, if we're in liquid assets where we're able to do this because not all assets are liquid, not all assets are able to be sold in pieces and, and to be rebalanced. But in most 401ks and in most investment portfolios, there usually is some opportunity to do that from a liquidity standpoint. And it again is selling some of your winners to buy some of your losers. Now there are a whole lot of implications there. Definitely that don't all apply to everybody because the implication is, well, you don't need to buy anything else or you don't need to sell anything else. That isn't necessarily true. 
But I say it more as a generalization. Obviously, it's meant it's meant to cover as many people as possible with what I'm saying. That 401ks is where we see that most often. You know, where folks get a little bit out of kilter with balance because you got some parts, hopefully, which are doing amazingly well, way above average over here. And so those balances get quite a bit larger. And then you have other segments of your 401k, hopefully fewer and not nearly as valuable, which maybe aren't doing as well or even pulling back to the negative. And if you rebalance, well, then you sell some of those winners that may be just crushing it and you come over uh, and you buy some things on the cheap with perhaps some things that have pulled back in value. Again, that's a generalization. It's not applicable to everybody, but I want to make you aware, A, that that's uh, one is a strategy from a rebalancing standpoint. B, it gives you the opportunity to sell a little bit of a high and buy a little bit of a low with the, uh, the implied being that you want to hold exactly the holdings that you have right now. And then C, just to make you aware that this can be a time to do that because we've crossed over the halfway point of the year. So make sure that that's on your radar screen. You may dismiss it. You may be thinking about it saying, ah, not really applicable to me or not part of my plan or not something that I desire to do. All can be fine. Yet that doesn't necessarily mean that it is applicable for your particular portfolio, but I want you to be aware that it's out there. So rebalancing is a first big thing that I want you to keep in mind. Second big thing, for those of you who are charitably inclined, you still have until the end of the year Nothing has changed as far as that's concerned. But I like to just remind folks, especially folks who have a history of giving to charities from their portfolios, whether it be uh, qualified charitable distributions, QCDs that are a part of their RMDs coming out of their IRAs. I did that on purpose. I just wanted you to be paying attention. All those acronyms flying at you at the same time. QCDs, part of RMDs coming out of our, our IRAs. All that that means is for folks who are above the age of 73 now, uh, with the recent revision due to the SECURE Act 2.0, uh, that folks who are above the age of 73 are required to take certain amounts out of their traditional IRAs each year, whether they want it or not. You have opportunity, though, if you so choose and are charitably inclined to give a portion or all of that up to $100,000 per person to a charity. And the advantage of doing that is, especially if you're charitably inclined, you don't pay tax on that. So especially with pre-tax dollars, it's an opportunity to give those pre-tax dollars to a charity and you basically never pay tax on either the dollars that went in or the appreciation, hopefully, that was a part of that. So very, very important to keep that in mind. You still have till the end of the year. I, this is not a rush kind of thing, but it's more of a preparation kind of thing and also, if you've had some significant appreciation inside of some of your holdings inside of your IRA and you are subject to required distributions or RMDs, it can be a good time to do that. You don't have to wait until the end of the year. So if you've had some big appreciation, not true for everybody, but if you've had some big appreciation, it may be something that is worthwhile to consider. Just want that on your radar screen. We, we unfortunately have too many conversations right as we get to the year end and folks have forgotten it's not on their radar screen. And so we're scrambling. I'll tell you that the week between Christmas and New Year's is very busy for me, very busy for us at North Main Financial Group, uh, almost exclusively because of required distributions and, uh, and charitable contributions that have to be done by the end of the calendar year. So I'm saying that in advance, I guess it, it must be some self-serving, right? Because I want to be a little less busy uh, during that time. But, uh, but definitely something to keep in mind there. So rebalancing, uh, definitely something to keep in mind. Charitable contributions, just to make sure you have a plan. This can be a time to, uh, to consider that because of uh, the ways in which you may, and maybe not, but may have had some appreciation in the first part of this year. Why not give away an appreciated asset as opposed to a depreciating asset? Just again, something simple and something strategic to keep in mind. Not applicable to everybody, but may be applicable for you. Third big item to keep in mind when we're looking at that's coming ahead of us. Be wary of straight line thought. 
and I've, you've heard me say this a lot, and I know, especially if you're a longtime listener to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial here, is if you're a longtime listener, you may be tired of me saying that. I got to say it because we bounce into it all the time. Literally, we do. We bounce, we bounce into it all the time where folks are thinking, well, because th- things are going up, this is the time to buy. And if things are going down, this is the time to sell. Folks, that's the absolute opposite. It really is. So don't get caught up in straight line thinking because that can be dangerous. And, and we see it happening all the time. You've heard me use the example, I'm sure, of the uh, Fidelity Magellan Fund when it was run by Peter Lynch, uh, a very famous uh, mutual fund portfolio manager with Fidelity back in the 1980s and 1990s. And he just put together a stellar record. It was north of 20% a year. I mean, just outrageous in terms of positive appreciation of the fund. And, and I say that not to, not to recommend Fidelity. Peter Lynch is long retired now, um, so he's not managing public money any longer. But, uh, but I say that to say that even though the fund averaged 20% a year, the average shareholder performance, pretty amazing when you, when you hear this, the average shareholder performance was about 4% a year. And the primary reason for that is because most shareholders and the majority of the money would come in after the fund had had a banner year. So the fund would go up 10, 20, 30, 40% in a given year, and there would be this rush of new investment uh, into the fund. Then the fund would do the exact opposite, down 10, 20, 30% on the other side, and all the money came out, which if you'd done the inverse of that, wouldn't that have been, made a whole lot more sense relative to your to the opportunity to sell high and buy low, which I'm pretty sure is what we're supposed to do, but uh, but it didn't happen that way. And I say that because the Fidelity Magellan Fund was a very very popular mutual fund in the 1980s and 1990s. If you've been around as long as I have, you're very familiar with it, and uh, and certainly with that story, I'm sure. But uh, but very very important to keep that in mind because folks, the reason why I'm saying it, it's. It, we see the same thing over and over and over again. So very, very important to keep that kind of, uh, kind of thing in mind. Very important when you're looking at it relative to the balance in your portfolio that you're making the decisions for the right reasons. All right, we're rapidly approaching the end of this week's version of the Dollars and Cents Show presented by North Main Financial. Going to do a lightning fast recap here about where we've been. What's hot out there? If, whether you're looking at the Federal Reserve or Twitter, all right, it's been a big week, so make sure you're paying attention to those kinds of things. Rates going up. Twitter now going to be called X. I probably can't call it Twitter much longer. Uh, when we're looking at looking at the markets and and what has moved in the markets, remember from where we're sitting, looks like a narrow market. Be wary of that. Don't get carried away with the fact that the indexes have moved in a particular direction. Understand why they've moved in a particular direction and what companies actually are doing that. And then when it comes to your portfolio, friends, you hear me say this a lot, make your decisions, but do so for the right reasons. It has been a pleasure to be with you on this week's show, friends. I'm Joshua Doby. Until the next time, I'll look forward to talking with you soon.